Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast. My name is Andrew Roberts. I am your host. I have a co-host named Matthew Tyke, who has been one of my best friends since I was seven years old. In this podcast, we dive into the stories of real estate professionals and entrepreneurs across the world. Today's guest is Tim Heil. Tim is an Austin native, where we are from. He's a serial entrepreneur who started in the real estate game in 2009 after he graduated from Texas A&M University. He started as just an agent for Keller Williams and now has several businesses. These include a brokerage, title company, house flipping business, and more. His most recent venture is Homeward. Conventionally, homeowners have to sell their current house before they can make an offer on a new one. Well, Homeward fixes that problem. Homeward allows you to buy a new house without the hassle of selling your current home. After you buy the new house, bingo bango, you can sell your current house. Tim has an amazing story, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Without further ado, here is our wonderful guest, Tim Heil. Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. are proud to be sponsored by Stone Oak Property Management. Stone Oak is a professional, full-service, and locally-owned property management company managing rentals all throughout the greater Austin area. Stone Oak is a comprehensive solution to all things when it comes to rental properties. This company was built for landlords by landlords. They have a team that understands owning rental properties. They offer unparalleled responsiveness, leaving you and your tenants satisfied every single month. Whether you're upgrading your home or moving out of state, their services are designed with you in mind. From the rapid communication to unique pricing structure, they guarantee your five-star experience. Stone Oak has managed three of my rentals in Georgetown, Hutto, and Round Rock. I have been more than happy with the experience, and I highly recommend them to everyone. Check out Stone Oak with the link in the description, or go to stoneoakmgmt.com. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast. Uh, we're excited to be back with another episode. Uh, my name is Andrew Roberts. I'm here with my co-host, Matt. Matt, say hello to the people. Hey guys, what's happening? And today we uh, we have a uh, awesome guest, um, another entrepreneur, another real estate professional, um, and we're very excited to to talk to him. Uh, Tim Heil, I believe, is how your last name is pronounced. Yeah, got it. All right. Nailed it. Nailed <laughs> Go, it. Man. Um, well, welcome to the podcast. Um, you know, I kind of know, uh, I guess, a general overview of uh, your professional work and, and who you are. Uh, but, you know, during this podcast, I'd like to dive into a little bit of your, your background. Um, we want to provide value to our listeners um, in the form of your story and kind of your experiences and um, how you've gotten to where you are today. Um, so um, where are you from originally? Yeah, born and raised here in Austin. Um, it's other than other than I went to college at uh, Texas A&M. Other than those four years, this has been where I where I reside. All right, nice. That's awesome. What uh, what part of town did you grow up? Where high school did you go to? I went to a school called St. Michael's. It was uh, at the time the only Catholic school in town. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. That's very yeah. cool. Um, and uh, so you went to to A and M. Um, what did you? I guess go to A and M for. What was your what was your goal with getting your degree? Um, so I got a degree in finance, and I wanted to. It was the thing that was as close to real estate. It's where kind of the real estate classes were. So um, I took a bunch of real estate finance classes thinking that I would do something in real estate. My dad is a home builder. He's been building homes here in town for 
my whole life just about. Mm. And, um, you know, just have always thought that I would go work with him, maybe help him build his business. And somewhere along the way, um, got stuck building mine. Oh, wow. Nice. That's awesome. Um, so your dad has his own business or does he work for a builder? Yeah, he, he, um, you know, he's an entrepreneur himself. He, he, back when I was maybe just being born, um, he had started a video store chain and he ended up selling that video store chain in the early nineties to Blockbuster. But he took the money from that sale and he started building homes and he eventually kind of put his own, put his own, uh, home building business together and has been one of the top home builders. His company has been one of the top home builders in the city of Austin for most, as long as I can remember. Um, so it's always been a, it was always sort of a dream for, I think me and my brothers to go work for him, help him build that business and expand that business. And some of my, some of my brothers have, have done that and, um, and do that today. And, um, but I, I kind of got, got sidetracked on real estate, um, maybe everything but home building, you know, sales, title, flipping, mortgage, all that type of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Blockbuster and that's like, you know, very nostalgic. It takes me back, you know, <laughs> I remember Friday nights going and getting some gobstoppers and a nice movie and calling it a day. <laughs> oh, Friday nights. That's, that's what everybody did. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you have brothers. Uh, how many siblings do you have total? Five. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And all boys or are there any girls in there? Yeah, two girls, two girls, and and uh, one of my brothers is a teacher, and two of my brothers works for uh, works for my dad, and they they all continue to build and expand that home building company. That's awesome. And where do you fall? I guess in the uh, the lineup. Fourth, fourth of six. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess the so the plan was to after you graduated to uh, maybe come back to Austin and help your dad, or or you know kind of yeah. join that team, and then it changed. Yeah. Yeah. My dad always said, you know, like, like a good parent, you got to go work somewhere else for a couple of years. And then we'll, if you still want to work here after you've sort of seen the world a little bit, then you can come interview here. And so that's what he told me and all my siblings. And, um, so yeah, I, uh, couldn't get a job 2009 finance is a very tough time to get a job. And so, um, while I was interviewing for, you know, every job I could, uh, every interview I could find, I, uh, started selling houses. I'd gotten my real estate license in college and I was broke. I was living at my parents' house, um, you know, 21 year old trying to be man, uh, yeah. but, uh, living in my parents' basement. And, and, um, I read a book by Gary Keller called the millionaire real estate agent. And it's a book about how to basically build a real estate business from scratch. And, um, I just decided I got really excited about this idea of building a business and I decided I'd go all in, um, just, uh, following this model. Exactly. And so for the, for, from 2010 to 2012 for, for about three, it was really about three and a half years. Um, I made a thousand phone calls a day, um, without ever missing a day, Monday through Friday. Wow. And, um, I had triple dialers and all kinds of like crazy equipment that helped me to do that. But I basically just sat in a, in a, janitor closet at the Keller Williams office off, uh, off of Mopac and, and, um, just pounded away at the phones. I basically had a goal to talk to every single homeowner in and around the city of Austin and develop relationships, find out when they plan to move, um, why they would move 
Um, if they already had real estate agent that they definitely were going to, if they didn't, then permission to follow up uh, at that time. And I just built a massive, massive database, thousands, tens of thousands of people, permission to follow up exactly how to get in touch with them and why they would move and when they would move and um, when to follow, when to call back and, um, you know, making, do, making that volume of calls and having that amount of conversations um, just built a robust business, one that was basically unstoppable. Um, by the time I was 24, um, I was the number one Austin business journal selling agent and nobody knew there was like, who's, who's, who's Tim, who's this guy, Tim. Cause I just sat inside of a closet and just had conversations back to back to back to back to back on the phone all day, every day. It was the craziest three and a half years. Um, you know, boring and frustrating and hard and sometimes lots of days with no results at all, but 12 hours on the phones, but, um, aggregate over the course of time, it, it really built a massively robust pipeline. It was, yeah, cool. yeah, for sure. And so like, obviously you like, you learned that from, you know, that book you read by Tim Keller, but, um, what kind of, what gave you that resilience of calling that many people every day? And I'm sure you got a ton of no's. I'm sure you got hung up on all the time and you know, that's tough. Um, yeah. So what, what built that in you? You know, surprisingly, um, I almost never got hung up on, you know, huh. in, in my, in my whole career of making phone calls, I've almost never been hung up on. Um, people are way nicer than you would think. And, um, when, when they're not, as long as you respond with, you know, care and kindness and, and, uh, recognize that you were the one calling them, not them calling you. It's, you know, it actually ends up, um, the conversations all, all, always end up pretty going pretty well. They don't always end up bearing fruit at the end, but, um, you know, you keep positivity and you keep moving and, um, yeah, man, it was, it was, I think maybe for every, for a thousand phone calls, I'd probably talk to a hundred people mm -hmm. and out of a hundred conversations. I'd, you know, maybe have, uh, have anywhere between five and 15 potential leads and, and out of that, maybe get an appointment or a couple of appointments to meet with people. But when you talk about doing that every day for, you know, years, it builds up so much business. You don't know what to do with it. And so eventually I, um, as I started selling houses, I, I, um, I made a decision early on to be very, very focused. So rather than working with home buyers, um, I only worked with home sellers at the start. Um, and that allowed me to not be out in the car driving around and, you know, doing things that would waste time. I just stayed very, very focused, um, go meet with homeowners, um, to get their homes listed in the evenings and, and, uh, um, eventually I was able to hire showing agents who would go take home, take these home sellers who also wanted to buy, take them out and look at property. And so I would pay these showing agents salary to, to do that. And then I would hire listing agents and transaction managers and listing managers, marketing managers, and eventually had kind of like an assembly, um, of, you know, from, I built out a call center. And so we'd have people that would, you know, work the top of the funnel, mid funnel, bottom of the funnel, and then all the way through the transaction, <laughs> And next thing I knew, I had a, had a business on my hands. Do you remember, Tim, what those conversations were like? I mean, it'd be cool yeah. if you could even walk through one. Like, Oh, man. <laughs> Quick and dirty is what they were. Because if, you know, because I, I'm, I, I wasn't targeting a ton of lists. So I was just very, very quick just to say, hey, Matt, my name's Tim. I'm a real estate professional here in town. Um, right now, this is what I would do right now in today's market, I would say you know, the, the, um, as I'm sure, you know, we're at the lowest inventory of all time in Austin. Um, there's less than 30 days of inventory, which means every house is selling multiple offers. 
and we've got some home buyers that are looking to get into this neighborhood. And I'm just trying to find out, you know, who's going to be selling and when, so we can get out, get ahead of this thing. I was curious if you uh, have considered putting your house on the market sometime in the next year, year or two. And, yeah, uh, and, if the, and if that person said, and I would try and get that out as quickly as possible. If that person said, no, we have no intentions of selling our home. I wasn't trying to continue in conversation. I was saying, awesome. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Move on. If that person said, yeah, you know, we've been thinking about selling, but we don't really know. And then I would dig in. I go, well, tell me more about that. You know, and, and are you guys still there or did I freeze? Are we, are we still good? We can oh, we hear just, you. It froze, but we can hear you perfectly. Yeah, fine. you're all good. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, um, so if they showed signs of interest, then I would, then I would go deeper and engage and ask them to elaborate. And, um, and uh, I was really looking for a few things. Number one, motivation. Is this person actually serious about wanting to move? Um, and what's causing that motivation? Is there an external driver? Um, number two, I was looking for time frame. Um, and sorry, guys, it says my connection's unstable. So if I'm chopping up, that's on me. You're all good. I'll let you know. We can see you in here. You're all good. So. Okay. All right, cool. So yeah, number two, I was looking for time frame. Um, so is this person looking to do something within a year or if they're looking to do something within a year, I'm very interested if they're looking to do something in like two to five years, not so much, but I'll log the data anyway. Um, one of the, one of the most important things I did was I captured all the data, what, what, when they were planning to move, why they were planning to move, when they wanted me to follow back up. And I put it into my system, set follow-up calls. And I never, I never flaked on that every single day for years. Um, if I had a follow-up call to make, that call was made. And um, it was, people would laugh. They'd say, I never thought you would call me back a year later. Um, but sure enough, you did. And uh, we'd love you to come over and, and talk about helping us move. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really incredible. So, uh, at, you know, you're building this team. Um, and then <clears throat> I guess what happens if you after you like have like a full staff and um, you're selling, when do you maybe start getting into, uh, I guess, different areas of real estate as far as like investing and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. So what happened for me was, um, I got to a point where we had so much business. There were opportunities coming through day in and day out, uh, people wanting to move and, you know, you'd find opportunities to, uh, buy an investment property, whether it's a rental or a flip. Um, and I was passing them off to investors. I had a whole crew of investors that I had, that I had stumbled upon. And um, over time, I started to realize, you know, we should capitalize on some of these ourselves. So I went and got a line of credit from the bank. Um, and I started flipping homes. And, you know, I, I believe that everything, um, if you want to really succeed at something, um, you should, you should find a person and, and somebody who can, who can drive and lead that effort. So if it's got to be me, it's going to be a job. But if, I, but if I can succeed through somebody else, then it's more of a business. It's more of an investment and something that I can scale. And um, the first time I went to Flip Homes, um, invested in the wrong group of people, and we, we failed. We lost money on homes, and um, it sucked. You know? But then the second time around, learned from that and uh, went back at it. Um, you know, it's, it, it's all about who you're in business with. And so I started, uh, one thing that I, that I did was I was finding a lot of teardowns in urban Austin, um, a lot of like teardown opportunities. So what I would do is I would, um, I had investors that I was handing deals to in the past. So now what I did is I said, I said, well, I would call the investor and I'd say, Hey, you know, if I had a deal that you'd have to put up X amount of dollars and you could get Y in return, 
um, you know, within an X period of time, would you be interested in that? They'd say, yes, absolutely. And I'd say, great. Okay, well, I've got a deal. And the way that I would set up the deal is that they would put up 100% of the capital, but I would take 50% of the profits. Mm -hmm. And I would do that by organizing and facilitating the deal. And so I wouldn't put up, I wouldn't have any risk or put up any uh, capital. But, and I also wouldn't really do a whole heck of a lot of work because my team was surfacing the deals. And I had, I developed relationships with some of the best home builders and um, construction managers in town. And so I would basically have them, you know, do the project and I'd have my team would service the deals and I had investors that would put the money up. And so I'll just do deals right and left. Um, and it was very, very lucrative. You know, we made as much as um, over half a million dollars on one, on one residential deal in wow. net profits. Um, but what happened, like, like anything, you know, it's like, when you do, when you spread yourself too thin, it's hard to be effective at anything. And um, where I had amazing people, um, those businesses succeeded and continue to grow today. And where I didn't have an amazing person running it, I found myself stressed, constantly thinking about it, working on it in, in the details. And that's not where I like to live. And, mm -hmm. and so, um, so yeah, so I, over the years, I, I've built many businesses, title company, mortgage company, insurance agency, um, real estate brokerage team, um, uh, phone animal, which is a lead generation, uh, business for real estate agents and mortgage lenders. And, uh, and now homeward, which I run today full time and, uh, in the process built homes, flipped homes. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, if I, if I could offer some advice to anybody, I would say, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, um, I learned for me that being a serial entrepreneur um, was not where I wanted to live, that what, where I wanted to live was um, being in business with amazing people mm -hmm. who could, could fully run something of their own. And that what I was bringing to the table was valuable enough um, for that partnership. And, you know, so today, you know, I've got a, a CEO for my real estate brokerage. He's amazing. Um, he is an absolute empire builder. And, and, uh, and I meet with him every Monday from 7am to 8am. And then after that, he, he takes it for the rest of the week. Um, same thing with Phone Animal. I meet with our CEO um, for an hour uh, once a week, and he, and then he just takes it. Um, you know, whereas awesome. at, at Homeward, you know, I'm, I'm in it 50 hours a week. That's my job, and that's, that's, what, I, that's what I do, mm -hmm. uh, building that business. But yeah, I, I think that um, I just learned spreading myself too thin um, caused me to be mediocre in all areas. And focusing myself really, really well allowed me to just, you know, do what I did at the start of my career, just hammering one nail in over and over and over again, being like ridiculously effective. And I learned when you do that, all the opportunity in the world will arise. But then the problem is when all that opportunity arises, if you try and grab it all, you'll find yourself being mediocre again. Mm -hmm. So being really, really uh, prudent about, you know, which opportunities you capitalize on and which ones you say no to is one of the most important things that you, that I've learned that, that you can do as an entrepreneur. Yeah, for sure. I know that like, I personally, uh, I'm guilty of spreading myself too thin because I think that, uh, you know, whatever, uh, I, whatever endeavor I'm venturing into, I need to like give, I need to show that I'm working hard and giving effort in that. Um, when, you know, if big picture, like you said, it's spreading myself too thin and I'm not being as effective as I could, um, no. otherwise. Um, but so with, you know, these, these businesses that you've been growing, obviously you're, you're hiring employees. And I know Matt can attest to this, that when we've, you know, been growing the company, 
you know, uh, over the last however many years, uh, whenever he finds somebody or we bring somebody onto the team, we're, we're looking for good people. Um, and that's like kind of like the number one thing that we're looking for. Um, and obviously a skill set is, is required, but, uh, you know, primarily we're looking for someone who's just a good person. Um, what, I guess, what is your experience with bringing on people and maybe even letting people go? Yeah, well, two, you know, two different things, but they're similar. Um, you know, one lesson I learned is that as a small business owner, when it comes time to, so first of all, when you're hitting a ceiling and you're like bumping up against it over and over and over again, you're typically missing a person. Either you have the wrong person or you're the wrong person or you just don't have, or just you don't have anybody to get to do the job, right? And so you need to make a hire. And that's all easy for us to know. Like we typically know when we need to make a hire. But, but as a small business owner, I think one of the challenges we have is we think that we know what we want or what we need. And so intuitively we go out and start interviewing and looking for somebody. And then we sort of like pick the cream of the crap um, that, that sort of surfaces. And it's like where, where the business, it's, it's where all small businesses go to die is in that process. Um, and, then, and then they don't fire that person because they think that it's better to keep that person miserable in the job that you've put them in, that they're not a good match for, that you haven't even fully developed. And so you keep them there and then you're both miserable and then the business sort of like flounders. And that's what most small business owners do. And I've been guilty of that a ton myself. But I think what I learned is that high performance teams, a difference with the high performance team is what they do is they, when they realize, okay, like we're hitting a wall, we need to, we need to hire somebody. They stop, they take a step back and they go, what is the job that we are hiring for? What is, and they get, and they like, will spend hours crafting the very specifics of the role into what this job is, what this job is not, and making sure that they are crystal freaking clear about what they're looking to hire for. And then um, they launch, they kick off a process and they say, this is how we're going to manage this process. We're going to bring people into the top of the funnel and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to put out a very clear job description and then we're going to, you know, whatever, tap our network, post on sites, whatever it is, people are going to come in the top of the funnel. And then when people come in, we're going to have a screening process. And then we're going to have an, a hiring panel. And then we're, these are the questions that work. Well, before you even figure out what questions you're going to ask, like, what do we care about identifying first? And it's like, these are the things that we care about for this role. Now, what questions do we need to ask to be able to identify if this person crushes these things or not? And like, all of that takes an incredible amount of time to slow down like, cause we're all running a million miles an hour as entrepreneurs, right? You got to slow down, you got to come back and you got to get like crazy specific about what it is that you want, how it is that you're going to know you have it. And like what questions you're going to ask to get there. And then what, and then you put a process together and then you go look for that hire. And then when you bring them on, you're not done. Now you're in a 90 day dating period to determine if this is even the right fit or not. In which case you have to be like invest an incredible amount of time with this person. Um, bringing them up to speed and training them and giving them the perspective to succeed. And then after that, if you've done all those things well, then you might have somebody who's doing a good job. Most, most small business owners never make it that far, not even with one hire. But what happens is they make, you know, 50 bad ones and they get lucky one time and they have tricked themselves into thinking that they strategically like hired this amazing person instead of realizing that like they got lucky by like an amazing person showing up but a process is how you duplicate it over and over and over again. Um, and anyway, 
that's I'm, I'm going on kind of a tangent here, but that was awesome. Yeah. That's great stuff. Yeah. yeah having, having process there. And then I think the other one is like, when you, when you know you don't have the right person or when things aren't working, it may not even be that you have the wrong person. When things aren't working, addressing what's not working head on and, and having very clear, transparent feedback conversations about expectations um, and what it looks like to succeed and where the ball is being missed. That's the, that's the next place that small business owners, we, we miss the mark. We, we avoid the conversation. We live in ambiguity and we don't get, we don't get black and white, very specific. Um, and so, Hey, how's it going? Sure. I'll, I'll come up with guest, a, guest appearance. Um, anyway, that's my, that's, my that's point. awesome. Yeah, no, I love that information. Um, Tim, I know that we're kind of, uh, nearing the, the end of our, our time together. Uh, Matt, did you have any last minute questions for Tim? Uh, great stuff, man. I, you know, one thing that we always try to ask is like really clear advice for entrepreneurs. Um, and I'd also like to hear your thoughts on, on the Austin market moving forward. If you can maybe address those two things. Yeah, man. Um, clear advice, man, for entrepreneurs, I kind of just to elaborate on what I was saying before, I think that, um, the entrepreneurs who exhibit the most amount of success, they, they exhibit an incredible amount of focus and, um, understand that no one succeeds alone and they work diligently to find the right partners to help them, um, to help them succeed. So focus and people, uh, that's awesome. I, w- I would just say, and, and, and as far as, uh, the Austin market, man, it's like lowest inventory of my lifetime. Um, it is a, it is a crazy, crazy market. Um, right now, you know, a lot of people say that maybe we're going to, that this is not a V, but it's a W that maybe we'll have another dip. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but what I do know is that, um, while the market is in the state that it's in, um, there's three things that are, that are kind of caused from low inventory. Number one, um, people don't want to list their house because they're worried that, you know, strangers are going to come in and track the virus spread into their home. And so it's causing inventory to, to stay low. Number two, um, multiple offers are causing buyers to lose out, um, keeping them in their homes. And number three, um, because sellers know that they can sell really fast, but may not be able to secure their next home um, as fast, it's causing them to stay in their homes. And so this, it's like these things are feeding on each other, keeping inventory low. Um, and so, you know, what, what I, uh, the business that I went out and built is called Homeward. And what Homeward does is Homeward lets um, homeowners use our funds to go secure their next home so that they can buy before they ever go through the process of listing their existing house and selling. And so at number one, by using our funds, you're able to make an all cash offer and beat out all the other people that are making multiple bids on that property, um, solving the first problem. Second problem is you can actually um, buy before you sell. So you don't have to worry about, you know, the timing, the timing issue. And then the third thing is that once you've already moved, then you put your house on the market when you're not there and you can just avoid the, um, the virus spread of strangers tracking through your home because you're not living there anymore. And so the business that we went and built Homeward is, is actually more relevant today in today's world than it probably has ever, has ever been. And so, um, we're just excited about, you know, capitalizing for our customers and, and real estate agents that use Homeward. So as a real estate agent or as a real estate broker, Homeward has been built and designed around you using it for your clients. So, um, if you're an agent watching and you are, 
you know, have a client who is selling and buying and wants to kind of flip and reverse the process, Homeward was literally built and designed for you to deliver that to your client. So come check us out. That's great. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, well, Tim, thank you again, you know, so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, you know, I, I know that we could keep talking for hours and hours. Um, maybe we'll have you on for a round two sometime. Would love that, man. Would love that. Enjoyed it. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. Yeah. Um, for, for the listeners real quick, um, how can they find out more about you or, or reach out to you? Yeah, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, just send me a message on LinkedIn. Um, you could also just go to Homeward and uh, check us out there as well. Awesome. Cool, yeah. man. I'll put uh, all the information in the show notes when this goes live. And um, again, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yep. All right. We'll see you guys.